0: Alright, welcome to the final session in this listener's commentary on the book of Ephesians. Here we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 22, the final section of the letter. And this section really begins with a call to prayer that flows directly out of the rousing call to put on the spiritual armor that he described in 6.10-17. through 17. And so while it is a new section, it is still part of the wrap-up of the letter, where Paul is really calling us to stand firm in our faith in Jesus. In this first bit of this section, he calls us to do that by virtue of prayer, consistent, regular prayer prayer, that we live prayer-filled lives. Here's what he says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. You hear the connection to the armor of God section in the phrase, "be on the alert be on the alert, right? This is that kind of that battle cry of we got to be vigilant. We've got to be watchful because we have powerful enemies against us. But here the call is specifically to be prayerful. And he says it with like great repetition, great emphasis with all prayer. Pray at all times uh, for all God's people with all perseverance. And you hear that all, 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 all over and over again. Why? Because Paul is trying to emphasize the importance of this. That don't discount this. Don't discount prayer in this, this battle to stand firm, this uh, this contests to stay faithful to God in the midst of this world where there's spiritual enemies arrayed against us. We don't want to discount prayer. We want to be prayer filled and prayer full. And so with all prayer and petition, two different words for prayer. Prayer is just the general word for prayer in the New Testament. So all kinds of communication with God, prayer, and petition, Petition refers to specifically asking for requests, asking for things, asking God to act on our behalf. So with all prayer, all different kinds of prayer, and with uh, all petitions, praying and asking God for things, he says, pray, now the command, the call to action, pray at all times at all times. In other words, we should constantly be praying. We should have planned times of prayer. We should have spontaneous moments of prayer. Prayer should just mark our lives. We should pray at all times. He also says we should pray in the Spirit. So with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And this phrase actually shows up Uh, In a couple other places in the New Testament, or a similar concept in Paul's writing, to pray in the Spirit seems to have the idea of pray with the Spirit's help. That seems to be the idea. For example, Romans chapter 8, you get Paul talking about praying when we don't know how to pray. We don't even know what to ask for, in other words. We're not even sure... how to articulate what we're trying to say. And so all we can do is sort of just kind of stutter out stuff, and we're not even sure what to say, that the Spirit helps us in our praying. That seems to be the idea here as well, that we pray in the Spirit, by His power, with His help, uh, in this world where we're trying to stand firm. So pray uh, with all petition at all times in the Spirit. And then he says, and with this in view, with all of this praying in view, he says, be on the alert with all perseverance. So be vigilant, be mindful, be watchful. Don't be overly casual, right? Like this world is a battleground, not a playground. And so we've got to keep our head in the game and we've got to be mindful and aware that we can't just drift through life and make it through this battleground safely. We've got to be uh, on the alert. And we've got to be on the alert with all perseverance, with all endurance. That's closely related to this idea of standing firm, that when the pressure's on, we stay, stay put, we stay faithful, we stand firm. And so we endure with all endurance. Um, and again, the repetition of and petition for all the saints. Like we don't want to just pray for ourselves; We want to pray for all the saints. The saints, again, refers to God's people. Um, those called out who belong to him. So we pray for Christians all over the place. and uh, Pray for Christians in various parts of the world and Christians that we're connected with who we know are going through difficult things. And, or we pray for all God's people to stand firm and be faithful against uh, the, the attacks of the enemy and the schemes of the devil. So we, we are constantly asking God with perseverance and with determination on behalf of all God's people to protect them. And so we live. Prayer-filled, prayerful lives. That's the idea. Without prayer, as John Stott said, we are much too feeble and flabby to fight evil. Those are the words of John Stott, a British commentator from a generation ago. And I just think that's really important for us to hear, that without prayer, we're much too feeble and flabby to fight evil. And so we need to be devoted to prayer all the time. Uh, all kinds of prayer for all God's people with all perseverance. Pray, pray, pray. That's Paul's point. Well, that leads then naturally into Paul's prayer request for himself. As he wraps up the letter, begins to turn to, towards the sign-off, he he asks them to pray for him. Again, this is really important for us to see. Here's the Apostle Paul, that determined, faithful uh, servant of God, who's asking the, the, the Christians he's writing to to pray on his behalf. And so this is what he says, verse 19 and 20. He says, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So what is Paul's general request? Well, his request is that God would, that you would pray for him, that God would help him continue to speak the gospel clearly and boldly even while he's in prison. Did you notice that? Here's Paul in prison. He's in prison specifically for preaching the gospel. And he's not saying, pray that God would get me out of here as soon as possible. Pray that that God would avenge me from my enemies. He doesn't ask that. Now, who knows whether he ever thought those things or felt those things. I, I don't know. But I just know what he writes here is, pray that while I'm here in chains, I may continue to open my mouth and speak the gospel and do so boldly. That's what he wants him to pray for. Man, what a what a powerful example for you and for me that regardless of the circumstances of our life, we would live for the gospel, like Paul did. That regardless of the circumstances of our life what we care about is the well-being and the advance of the gospel, like Paul did, and that we would we would want the gospel to be seen in and through our circumstances, regardless of those circumstances. And so Paul asked them to to pray for him that that would be the case. He says, pray on my behalf that utterance might be given to me in the opening of my mouth. In other words, that I might have the right words to say, that I might know how to speak. When I open my mouth to speak, I might be able to, to say things just in the right way. So pray that God would Give me the right words, the utterance that might, might be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. That's what he wants. So when I open my mouth, I want to make known the mystery of the gospel. I want to be able to declare the gospel. And he's already described that mystery in chapter three, that that's the whole heartbeat of his ministry is making known the mystery of the gospel. Not that the mystery isn't solved. The mystery is now solved. It's solved in the gospel. And he wants to let everyone know that they can have peace with God and peace with other people because of the gospel. And so he wants to make that known and he wants to do so with boldness, with, in other words, with frankness, with freedom of speech, not Not worrying about just speaking freely and fully. So he wants to make known with boldness the mystery of of the gospel. And then he says, for which I'm an ambassador in chains. This is how Paul is now thinking of himself. Currently chained up, unable to travel and speak. Nevertheless, I'm still an ambassador for the gospel. I'm just an ambassador in chains. And so I want to continue carrying out my role as an ambassador for the gospel. That in proclaiming, he says at the end of verse 20, that in proclaiming it, that in speaking the gospel, making known the gospel, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So in other words, he's asking that God would give him a spirit of boldness to speak the gospel because that's the way he ought to speak the gospel without fear, uh, without hesitation, without reservation, that he could freely and frankly and confidently um, speak the gospel as its ambassador. Now that then naturally leads Paul to speak about his current situation and then the sign-up of the letter. So at this point, we we are done with the body of the letter. Paul has wrapped up everything he wanted to say. It concluded, I think, very appropriately with this. Beautiful call to prayer. It began with praise of God for all spiritual blessings and then a prayer for the Ephesians. It ends here with prayer or really a call for them to pray and a request for them to pray specifically on his behalf. Uh, Very appropriate way to end this letter as Paul really models for us that we ought to be people who are committed to prayer, who want prayer, seek prayer on our behalf, pray for other people. Uh, That is how this letter actually ends. And then with that, we get a little, a few details about Paul's situation and the sign-up of the letter. Verses 21 and 22 uh, say this, But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, and that he may comfort your hearts. And Tychicus is the delivery man for the letter. He's the mailman who's going to deliver the letter of Ephesians, as well as, Colossians and Philemon. In fact, if you read the very end of Colossians, you'll see it sounds almost exactly like this, that Tychicus is mentioned there. Um, He's described the same way. He is the delivery man for Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon at this time, as these letters are being sent to the same region and have some overlap even in content and in ideas. And so uh, Tychicus is being sent with the letter, he is described as a beloved brother and faithful minister that is servant, the word minister. Don't think of it in terms of the modern use of the word minister as a paid vocational staff person at a church. The word minister just means servant. So he is a, a beloved brother and a faithful servant in the Lord. So he's a co-worker of Paul ministry, a faithful co-worker in ministry. Um, And he's coming to them, and he's going to make everything known to you. In other words, everything about Paul, Paul's situation, what's going on with Paul, any questions they have about Paul and his ministry and how things are going Ticket kids can answer that. Paul says in verse twenty-two, "I've sent them to you for this very purpose, in fact, so that you may know about us. I want I want him to be able to answer your questions, help you understand what's going on with me, give you more details about my circumstances, my situation, so that he may comfort your hearts. That in telling you about how we're doing and what's going on, and they bring some comfort to them. And you hear in that simple little line, Paul's pastoral heart, his his concern for their well-being, and that they are comforted." In view of Paul's situation. Now, with that, all that's left for the letter is the sign off. Paul does that in verses 23 and 24. He says, This peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an incorruptible love. That's the end of Ephesians. What's really striking is, even though Paul had spent so much time here in Ephesus specifically, there is no greetings to any specific individuals or anything like that. Really, really kind of striking. You would almost expect that. But again, if it was a circular letter, maybe not. Maybe because Tychicus was being sent and he could answer their questions, Paul figured that would, he would be a standard form. for them. Don't really know. We get a general sign-off here in verses 23 and 24. The sign-off is a well-wish of peace to the brethren. So may God's peace is the idea. May God grant you peace. May God's shalom be with the brethren and love with faith. And so not only may God's peace, but love with faith. May you experience love with faith. Kind of the these combinations show up, like say in Galatians chapter five, faith working through love. It's that idea, love with faith, that love that comes from God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So peace, love, faith from God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what his well wishes for all the brethren that are going to read this letter and really everywhere. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an incorruptible love. May they experience the very active favor of God, an action of God on their behalf. May they experience God's presence in their life because of their love for Jesus. And notice that for all those who love Lord Jesus, for those who are the re- initial recipients of the letter, for us today, uh, there is a sense in which this well wish, this kind of prayer wish, extends down to us. May God's grace be with us, because we love the Lord Jesus too, and so. That is how Paul signs off the letter. And it's an appropriate send-off here for this edition of the listener's commentary. And so as we wrap up the commentary on Ephesians, may grace be with you because of your love for the Lord Jesus and you love him with an incorruptible love. May God's grace be upon you and be with you as you seek and serve him. Hey, it's John. One of the things that excites me about the listeners' commentary is the possibility of helping people grow in their understanding of Jesus and the Bible through this digital means. People all over the world, in fact, I've got a connection with for example, 30 churches in the Philippines, rural churches where the pastors don't have a whole lot of biblical education. And for them to have this resource in their hands so that they can grow in their understanding and then preach that to their congregation, what a blessing. And this is made possible by the generosity of our faithful supporters. So thanks to each and every one of you who support. And if you want to join the project and support that way, you can do so at the listenerscommentary.com. Thanks a ton. God bless.